Welcome to the Following Jesus Together podcast. I'm Justin Elfros, and we are really excited to start this podcast. I'm joined by the whole group's team, and just as way of introduction, each of you tell me what is your favorite coffee order. Now, this morning we had Starbucks because it's in our parking lot, and so what did you order there? You asked favorite or what did I order this morning? Yeah, those are different for me. Could be the same. It's Starbucks. Yeah, these are different. Um, My... Go-to favorite order, no matter where I go, is to get an Americano. I love going to local coffee shops and judging them. Yeah, you judge the them based off the Americano, right? Yep. Okay. And that was Ryan Wester. Tori, what about you? At home, I love my coffee with a splash of oat milk and a dash of cinnamon. That's literally what I do every morning. It's a little high maintenance. But I love, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. Mark? Um, my favorite coffee order is just a good black coffee. Which means that I don't get that at Starbucks. (laughs) So cold brew will help just kind of help out the the coffee at Starbucks. So I got a cold brew this morning. Yeah, that is exactly how I feel. The only thing I can drink there that's not sugared up is a cold brew from Starbucks because it's taste burnt if it's any other time. Mm So uh, anyway, as I said, we're excited to start this podcast and uh, do our best just to make this really beneficial for you. Uh, We truly believe, as we said, that you guys are... Uh, the Hunger Bleeder, you guys are the front lines of ministry. This podcast is for you. It's for the group members. Uh, and we know that you may be joining us over the top encouraged about all the Lord has been up to in your group or incredibly frustrated and feeling stuck and how to lead out of it and everything in between. And we want you to know that we are here with you. We are not a sage on the stage, uh, but we do truly think about you. We do think about community ministry all the time. And we were talking as a team a couple weeks ago that it literally wakes us up at night sometimes. And so we love this ministry. We love what we get to do here at TVC. And part of why we wanted to focus on uh, in this episode, and there's going to be a part one and there's going to be a part two. Uh, and, and the title for this one is going to be Why Groups. And for this first episode, we really want to focus on why uh, community ministry. And for you to hear a little bit from us, because we know that some of you know us better than others. Uh, some of us have been here longer, or some of you, uh, you know, some of the ministers, they they lead you guys. And so we wanted to create a space where you could hear from all four of us as we think about home group ministry and how the Lord has used community ministry in our lives. Uh, in part two, we're going to talk a little bit more about how community ministry plays into our formation and following Jesus. But so team, I'm going to start out with this question, and I want to hear from each of you. How has the Lord used community ministry in your life, and why have you given your life to leading it? Yeah, so I grew up in a church-going home, and so I was in church on Sunday, Wednesday night, Awanas, every other time that the church doors were open. Uh, I was usually up at, up at the church building, but was really surrounded by a lot of people that talked about Jesus, talked about the Bible, but just from a young age, always noticed and felt like there, I wasn't really around a ton of people that were actually doing what the Bible commanded. Um, and so my first really significant experience of biblical community was whenever I went to college. And so uh, I was invited into a small group that was being led by uh, our college pastor. And that small group was really the the first time that I saw a group of people that were reading the scriptures together, 
and actually doing what they said. We we began every single one of our group gatherings by reading Acts 2, 42 through 47. And it was just that repetition of reading it. And then we actually just did what it said. And it was really significant for me whenever, you know, I, I actually saw people that were seeking to love, obey, and follow Jesus in ways that were going against their their own desires, that were that that they were trying to fight sin in, in ways that uh, was not just uh, trying to put on a good moral face, but but an actual full love and obedience to Jesus. And so that that shaped me and molded me into having a passion for just wanting to help others do the exact same thing. And so that that passion right there, I ended up uh, leading that small group and we multiplied. I mean, the, the things that we see in Acts 2 was exactly what we got. Um, the Lord was adding to our number day by day to where we had like 30, 40 people in a living room at once and ended up leading that small group. And as the Lord was kind of just continuing to show me, hey, Hey, this is these are the gifts that I've given you. These are the passions that I've given you. Ended up working uh, on staff with Crew or what used to be Campus Crusade for Christ, and had an opportunity to do that exact same thing in the college dorm rooms as a as a uh, member of that uh, parachurch ministry. And so, as I was just seeking to build communities for for those college freshmen, um, was just doing that exact same thing. And uh, as I was. Uh, building those those small groups and those Bible studies in the college dorm rooms, just tried to replicate that. Reading Acts two every single every single time we gathered, and the Lord just did a lot. Uh, it was really that simple of of actually reading the scriptures and and doing what they said. And so as as the Lord, you know, just continued to. Uh, grow that that passion uh, in inside of me. He also grew passion in a heart for for the local church. As I was asking the Lord to change my heart and and help me love the things that He loved, that just naturally drew me to to the local church. And so, as as we were kind of seeking where the Lord would have us, it was very clear that the Lord has called us to this place and these people. And that's uh, and that is just really set the foundation for for my wife and I in this space. It's good, Mark. Love it, Tori. What about you? I've always been interested in people's stories. Like I remember driving in the car with my family as a young, young child, um, wondering what is their story? Why are they the way they are as cars were passing? And that grew into a love of attachment theory and family systems theory and psychology and ended up majoring that in that and at UT, hook them. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> uh, I have to throw that in when I can. <laughs> But truly, that's where my story starts is from the moment I was conceived in my mother's womb. I was born into brokenness, as everyone is to some degree. But even at nine months old, you can feel, sense, experience brokenness in your home. There's research to prove that. And I really was just an observer at that point from then and through middle school of just what is Christianity, looking at the world around me, experiencing it. A little bit, but more so just observing. And the dysfunction in my family just grew deeper and darker. But there was always this little light of hope mm-hmm. that I remember seeing even as young as three and four years old. And so in middle school, I got to move kind of from the observer to the experiencer, if that's a word. <laughs> um, it is now. It is now. Um, but in my youth group. So my really wonderful youth pastor, P.T. Lee, who accepted every question I ever had. <laughs> which everyone around here knows I have lots of questions. He just never turned me away, never made me feel silly or dumb or stupid and just accepted me and my brokenness and my story for the first time. And so I really got to see what it was like to be in a room and not be worried that I was going to be not liked or not accepted. And especially in middle school, that was a huge deal. And so just over time, getting to experience what 
a spiritual family could provide and what true vulnerability and honesty and leaning into our stories can look like and what freedom can be there and what hope can be found there just really busted something out of me um, and really slingshotted me into high school, being confident in my faith, knowing who my Savior was, being confident in my story because it's his story. And then college, I immediately got plugged into a summer Bible study, kind of similar (laughs) to Mark's story in some ways, but the Lord just continued to create this spiritual family around me immediately, no matter what city I was in, no matter what stage of life I was in. That continued from college all the way to Florida. Um, Our Jack's Beach peeps, we immediately got plugged into a church plant there and immediate community, which is crazy and awesome. Um, And then again, slingshotting us here in 2014 to TVC, we immediately got plugged in and connected. And I'm so passionate about these spaces because I think they're the transformative spaces. I think these are the spaces Mm -hmm. where we really can, one degree of glory to the next, look more and more like Christ. It's through those relationships. It's through spiritual family where I really got to experience what the Lord has for us in a greater in a greater way. So I I love that light breaks through all that. I love that no matter our backgrounds, our testimonies, the stories we've been given, the stories we've experienced, the life we've been handed, the gospel really does break through all that. So it's good. Ryan, what about you? Um, sorry, I'm honestly just kind of stopping and thanking the Lord right now yeah, for all good. of our different stories. Man, I had no frame of reference for the Bible or what God said about family and community or any of those things. I grew up in a home that incredibly turbulent and dysfunctional, but there really was like absolutely no exposure to the gospel or scripture in general or church in general. So fast forwarding to college, honestly, by an actual act of God was saved. I was fresh eyes to scripture, but the way that the Lord created me and designed me, I've always been a critical thinker and have always, I've never been okay with just the status quo or someone just telling me, okay, well, this is what we do. So um, again, by the grace of God was, uh, I found myself in a church that was an incredibly healthy church and did a beautiful job of um, exposing the scriptures on Sunday morning and teaching them in an incredibly faithful way and um, got plugged into several different avenues through serving and just also being in a college ministry where I was around a lot of different ages and stages of people that loved Jesus and loved the Bible. And so very quickly learned a lot about scripture just in that first year as a sponge. And honestly, I just took everything at face value. Like if this is what it says, this is what we do. And like Mark was talking about with Acts 2, that was what what we see in scripture. This is what the life of a Christian is supposed to look like. And so as as I went from just this radical darkness to light, it was I was sold out and this is just what I wanted. And also similar to Tori, I mean, I just knew brokenness from my entire childhood. That's what I knew. That's what I was developed in. um, And I didn't want that. I didn't want that. And God gave me something else. He called me into something else, into a spiritual family. And the more that I learned about who God was as a father, as him being Trinity and a communal being, I just wanted all of it. And I mean, that was back in college. So a while ago, at every pivotal moment of my life, of my uh, in my marriage, in my family, everything, there isn't a time that we weren't in community. And there's a reason for that. We fight for that and we strive for that and we prioritize that in our lives because we see the importance, not only in Scripture, obviously in Scripture, but just by experience that this life wasn't made or designed for us to do this alone, for us to be the lone Christian or to be by ourselves 
So not only does it transform us, but it's really like this beautiful safety net. I think back whenever my mom died, I have no idea how we would have gotten through that time without the community, without the faith community that we had established around us. When I think about just even the times in um, our marriage or just daily regular rhythms of life that just get really, really hard and being able to have people that not only care for us and comfort us, but also having those people that are going to call us out on our crap. Whenever I've been a jerk and having somebody that knows me and loves me tell me like, hey, maybe that was harsh. I need that. I need that. And we all do. And so, yeah, we I've gotten the opportunity to do uh, a lot of different types of ministry and play a lot of different roles. Um, that is just a beautiful, beautiful gift from the Lord. But regardless of what role and what avenue of ministry that I've done, this has been an emphasis, is making sure that it's done in community and always being in community no matter what we're doing. That's good. Yeah. And for me, uh, and I love just hearing all of your stories, you know, Tori, you talked about a spiritual family. You just talked about mirroring the Trinity. And, you know, for me growing up, I had a, a really good church experience when I was really young. Um, some of that fell apart, you know, as I was getting older. But I remember I went to an old historic Christian uh, church in downtown Chicago called Moody Church. And my family had been there for, I don't know, 40 years until I came along. And not that everyone left when I came along, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, but I remember being in the back and being in the sanctuary. And I remember being maybe five years old. And I had a guy, uh, this is during worship. Of course, we were hanging, singing hymns, obviously. What else would we be singing? And on my right, I, I had a guy. Know. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, I would. Uh, great is thy faithfulness. Uh, it still has a close part in, in my heart. Uh, but I had a guy on my right who had a business suit on who was worshiping the Lord. And then I got it on my left who was a homeless person who was also worshiping the Lord. And it kind of gave me this beautiful picture of what the church can be, mm-hmm. even from a young age. Uh, now, fast, fast forward just a little bit, I didn't experience that most of the rest of my upbringing until I was in college. And the Lord had already called me into ministry. It was something that I felt very strongly about. And there was one guy in particular in, uh, he was a graduate student while I was at Moody Bible Institute. And he just kind of chose me and about nine other guys and just built a small group around that. And that was kind of my first, I had, it's funny enough, I'd actually led small groups in high school ministry at that point, but it was the first time where I had somebody candidly leading me in a small group. And Mm -hmm. it was this beautiful experience that I remember just being able to watch him model a lot of the things. Mark, you talked about modeling that small group and other small groups that you had led, but just modeling those small groups for others. And it was a beautiful space for me just to grow and learn and watch somebody else do it, imitate him as he imitated Christ, imitate these other brothers who were in this small group with me as they imitated Christ. And it was this moment I was like, I want to give my my life to this, like mm-hmm. leading these spaces. And it's messy and it's hard and it's all over the place. But honestly, I, I wouldn't want to have it any other way. I, I love that I get to wake up every single day and that every day it's going to be different. I mean, guys, we've we've had this experience where we think this is going to be my day. And then we get one phone call or we get one text and we know that's not going to be my day. I'm going to be focusing on this whole other crisis that just happened. And I know for each of you guys, there's just there's a calling that you feel on your life to be a part of the church and leading in those hard spaces. And it's beautiful. And one of the reasons why I love this ministry is that we're surrounded by all of these home group leaders that feel very similar to yeah. us. And it's mm-hmm. beautiful. And and we, we just love um, being able to place that not only cares about the mess, but wants to bring about wholeness uh, from the brokenness of sin in this world. 
uh, as we think about some of the aspects that we've pulled from Scripture, let me just kind of lay out some of the passages, and we'll talk through a couple things. So John 13 is one of the primary passages that we talk about in community ministry here at TVC. John 13, 34 through 35. Tori, will you read that? Absolutely. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I think in the New Testament, we have a graphic that shows the one another's of Scripture and what we're actually commanded to do. And in this, in these passages, they're they're not suggestions; they are actually commands. And we got kids around the table. We know that commands can be obeyed and commands can be disobeyed. And so, there's actually commands of Christ to love one another, and love is the the one that is really overshadows all the other ones. It it happens all throughout the New Testament so many more times that command. And so, we are to love one another. And I love that. And the thing that I want to highlight here. And then we'll talk about John 17 here in a second and next too. The thing that I want to highlight here is that it's to love one another and that by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so as we practice love for one another, there's a missional movement that happens. It doesn't just stay there, but it actually goes towards something else. So that's John 17 or John 13. Let's talk about John 17 really quick. John 17, Ryan, will you read that? Absolutely. John 17, 20 through 21. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. And by this, the world may believe that you have sent me. So again, you have this by this, by this, the connector statement from community and mission, from unity to gospel mission is by this. So as we love one another, as we are unified together as the body of Christ, there is something so unique and distinct about that and how we treat one another that it actually invites an unbelieving world to look back on that community and know that there's something different about that community. And so, you know, obviously we can have all sorts of different applications that we could have for groups. And we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit here, but let's talk about Acts 2 really quick. And let's actually read, we're going to read all Acts 2, 42 through 47. Mark, will you read that for us? Yeah. So Acts 2 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. So if you spend any sort of time in the church, you've heard this verse probably a thousand times. But the things that we really want to highlight here are the apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer. So as we talk about what does it look like for the church to be unified? What does it look like for the church to love one another? They devoted themselves to these things. But then in verse 47, it says, just like we talked about with by this and John 13, by this and John 17 and Acts 2, it talks about in 47, and the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. And really the thing that we're trying to highlight here today is that if these are the three verses that we think bring forth uh, what a home group should be experiencing and doing and living out together is that there's a community and there's a mission. And that community doesn't end on community. It actually points to something else towards mission. It points to the Father, that they may know that the Father sent the Son and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And really throughout all of our stories uh, that we share today, 
the biggest thing that we see in this in the community is like God making and renewing a spiritual family. And Tori, I know that you talked about this in your testimony, um, and I've just heard you talk about it other times. So talk about God making us into a spiritual family a little bit more. Yeah, I think the Lord allows us to do this life together. And we've been placed in a broken world. I mean, like I said in my story, we all know that intuitively. Like you can look around and you know it's broken. And I'm not even suggesting that every spiritual family in every church is completely perfect either. (laughs) (laughs) But he has allowed a space on this earth for us to get a taste and to experience Mm -hmm. what that can be like. Mm even within our brokenness and even within our own sin, sinful patterns. And I think about the flow of 13, John 13, 17, and then into Acts 2, and that literally is my story. Like I, I observed the love that people had. I didn't really know where that source was coming from. I couldn't articulate that necessarily. And then you get to see the unity. Like when I stepped into my youth group and I could see that my youth pastor was fighting for unity and was loving others no matter their story. Like he really— And then Acts 2, he welcomed me into his home, and they treated me like family and never made me feel like an outsider. They welcomed me in no matter my state. If I was frustrated, if I was sad, um, they really did provide that for me, and that that did multiply the kingdom. I then—I mean, Rob and I are so passionate about being that for other people. We have lived frequently in areas where we didn't have family close, or we've had family circumstances that haven't allowed— our biological families to be involved in our lives. And so we get to be that for other people. We get to invite others in. And it really does. It it shows a side of the Lord that is so different from this world when we do those kinds of things. So Yeah, I think I love what I love about what you just shared is that it's like really mundane things that we can do by like mm-hmm. opening our house to somebody who needs it, yeah. right? And inviting them into your space. And that there's actually something really meaningful that's happening in that space, even if the person that you just invited in your home doesn't know it's meaningful. At the right. Moment, right? right. They don't need to know that it's meaningful for it to be meaningful because they're on a journey just like we're on a journey. Yeah. And that's it doesn't good. have to look pretty. I think that's something I want to throw in there for women. Yeah. Um, you don't need brand new throw pillows and your goldfish to be swept up. Yeah. Mom, you don't need <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget being invited to go grocery shopping with a mom when I was in college. And for someone who didn't have any form or any frame of reference for what it looked like to be a mom and also just didn't have a mom who invited me into her life, going grocery shopping with a mom and her toddler was huge. It was huge because I got to not only be invited into her space, which felt sacred, but it also was an opportunity for me to observe and to see like, oh, this is what it looks like for a normal person to love Jesus and still have to do normal stuff. Yeah. With kids. Yeah, with kids. With kids. That's right. Ryan, I heard you in your story, you talked about uh, the Trinity. And so there's something that roots us all together that's really, really deep in Mm -hmm. theology and in the scriptures. And so talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, that's something that's exciting for me is just God's word. It's a passion that I've had from day one of being a Christian. But um, the more that I got to uh, see the Trinity in scripture, you know, like even just in Genesis, when it says like, you see the Trinity in Genesis whenever it doesn't specifically say all three, but you get to see those things that they were made in our image. And just all throughout scriptures, getting to see this beautiful picture that God himself is community, that he was made a, he is a communal, eternal being. And as image bearers, we get to not only be marked by that, but 
crave that and need that, um, that God made us this way for a reason. And all of God's creation is on purpose and has meaning. And so as we walk out community, we get to actually experience more of who God is because we are reflecting who he is in a more clear and more perfect picture when we do all of the things that scripture tells us alongside others. That's good. Yeah, the, the one encouragement that I just want to add is we're talking about these three uh, scriptures that are the the foundation of our ministry, John 13, John 17, Acts 2. Uh, the encouragement I would give is just don't discredit the the significance of repetition. I mean, the yeah. just reading these scriptures over and over again and saying, this is th- these are the people that we are going to be. We're going to commit to each other, and we're going to commit to what what God's word says is going to bear so much more fruit. It can feel it can feel mm-hmm. mundane. It can feel like you know we need to kind of add this new flashy new new thing. But I mean, the most significant part of my story is just reading Acts two over and over and over and over again for a yeah. year and a half of my life. Yeah, that's good. And really kind of tying those two ideas together of like the Trinity and repetition is that like God has a covenant with each other and that he invites us into into that relationship. And so we mirror the Trinity to one another Mm -hmm. in our love for one another. And when when we are disconnected from that, we're actually disconnecting from, Mm -hmm. I don't want to go too far here, but like (laughs) from that Trinitarian relationship in that community. And there's something really deep about that. And, you know, if repetition is the mother of all learning, there is something about that that allows us to uh, be formed and changed into the image of Christ as we read the scriptures and allow the Holy Spirit to to do that work. Mm-hmm. So as we close, and again, this is part one, we're going to have part two and talk more about how community ministry actually plays into our formation of following Jesus. But as we close, let's, let's make it really practical for somebody who, hey, they have a group on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Uh, when this group meets together, how is some of what we've talked about, how does it impact them in, in that meeting time? I'll just throw in after leading groups for, I don't know, all over the place and in different social contexts and different cities all over the place, whether it's two or 20, it's worth it. And I think as a leader specifically, I just want to encourage that whether it's two or 20, you still have group because it not only shows your commitment to each member of the group, it also shows your commitment to community and fighting for that time, which Ryan kind of talked about earlier. Um, And also like your seriousness for biblical community. When you continue to meet and you don't neglect to gather together, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's That's a part of acts that my husband and I have tried to cling to. And I know this is true for Ryan. We've talked about this often, but yeah, we, we put others before ourselves and we do that with our time, um, which I'll talk Mm -hmm. about more in a later episode. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I just want to add also, and this is something that we talk about as a group's team all the time, but community is so much more time than that 7 p.m. slot on a Tuesday night on your schedule. The way that we see this played out in scripture, it's like they had all things in common. This wasn't just like, okay, well, once a week we're going to do this. So the more you start to see your community beyond the walls of your living room, the more that this just becomes a natural outpouring of your life and just a posture of your heart. Um, So just want to encourage you that this matters on your weekly meeting, but beyond that, that this isn't just for that time either. Yeah, and I would just add that our groups, our leaders, um, and, and all group members, you you have an opportunity to be countercultural. We talk yes. about these markers of love and unity, and and those being things that should mark the people of God, mm-hmm. and and that's going to be completely countercultural to what we're seeing in this day and age, and it's really nothing new in human history. And so, other people are going to marvel at that, and they're going to say, "How how can you actually radically love that person?" And that's that is a I mean softball up in mm-hmm. sharing the gospel, right? For sure. 
Yeah, that's good. Any other final thoughts before we close things down for this episode? This was fun. All right. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to more. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Man, we really hope that this has stirred your affections. And honestly, even as we've been sharing, it stirred our affections. Yeah. It stirred our yeah. heart towards the good deeds that we get to do as we follow Jesus together. So looking forward to next time.